this will be uh, week 200 month 46 hour 143 father in heaven we pray for your blessing today to bless this second to last study looking through the book of psalms it's been a four-year study and we thank you so very much for allowing us to do such a study we know that this is a devotional book not a devotional part of the word of god but you've blessed the study over the last four years and we pray you'll bless future studies and we ask you to be with us this morning and to fill us with your spirits as always to forgive us of our sins against thee for our fellowship not for our salvation of course and also to uh, bless the breaking of the bread and the drinking of the juice of course which we look forward to enjoying every single Sunday we pray for your blessing today in Jesus name amen and amen, amen. so David is the author of Psalm 145 quite likely 146 and also quite likely Psalm 147 Psalm 145 verse 1 I will extol thee my God O King you got one king speaking to another you think about that text uh, sit thou at my right hand the Lord said unto my Lord I will extol thee uh, lift you up I will raise you up I will extol thee my God O King and I will bless thy name forever and ever so this is David of course praying to his God which uh, will be the Lord Jesus Christ of course I will extol thee personal I will raise you up my God O King and I will bless thy name forever and ever sometimes that part is overlooked go to the book of Daniel to see what this really looks like and in Daniel chapter 4 we have a great account of this very thing and we call this a testimonial Daniel 4 verse 37 now I Nebuchadnezzar praise and extol and honor the king of heaven all whose works are truth uh, he means what he says and says what he means and his ways judgment he doesn't uh, sit on the fence and those that walk in pride as would he previously he being God is able to abase like bring down go back to Psalm 145 verse 1 I will extol thee my God O King and I will bless thy name forever and ever that of course is the assertion which we should all uh, honor every day verse 2 every day will I bless thee and I will praise thy name forever and ever I must admit part of verse 2 isn't something which uh, always resonates with me but it will as a new year's resolution I pray every day I read the word of God every day but I don't think I bless the Lord every day so as of now bless this message Lord God as we bless you and we bless you for saving our souls amen 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 look at verse 3 great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable go to the book of uh, Romans chapter 11 the reality is that most of us will only scratch the surface when it comes to God's character and his word and his nature but of course that's okay because we've got all of eternity to really get to know him great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable Romans 11 33 oh the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and knowledge of God how unsearchable 
How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Who is he? What is he? Why does he do what he does? Why does he bother with, with you and I? Of course, uh, Christ is a gift to the world. And the world that believe on him is a gift to Christ as well. It's a circular deal, but it works nicely. Christ was given to the world. And those that appropriate atonements uh, receive Christ, of course. Ephesians 3, another quick cross-reference. Ephesians 3, verse uh, 8. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, there's his humility, his meekness. Is this grace given? Grace to be saved, grace to serve the Lord God, that I should preach, teach, uh, raise up your voice among the Gentiles, the nations, the unsearchable riches of Christ. Back to the book of Psalms, 145 verse 3 again. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. Absolutely so. Every Jew on the face of the earth is a testimony to Jehovah God. Whether they are believing Jews or non-believing Jews, religious or non-religious, orthodox, ascetic. They all point back to Jehovah God. And uh, they may have walked away from him, but he hasn't walked away from them. That's a picture of our salvation as well. We may deny him. Uh, you find that in the uh, first epistle to, uh, I'm thinking it's Timothy for memory. Uh, but he can't deny himself. Again, we're saved in spite of ourselves, not because of ourselves. Look at verse uh, 4. One generation shall praise thy works to another. Abraham to uh, Jacob, Jacob to Isaac. Isaac to uh, his sons or Joseph to his sons or what have you it goes from Abraham Isaac and Jacob and that's how it's going to work throughout uh, the word of God one generation shall praise thy works to another uh, Patrick got saved I got saved I may get somebody else saved he may get somebody else saved it's a continuation and shall declare thy mighty acts look at Job please and uh, in Job chapter 42, right at the end of this torturous time for a righteous man who, uh, went, through, who went through something which most of us could never really uh, uh, comprehend, let alone come through it. And uh, in Job 42, look at verse uh, 5. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. Going back to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, uh, Moses, Aaron, so on and so forth. But now mine eye seeth thee. That's a picture of going from knowing of the Lord to knowing him personally. And I've said this over the years that if you were a soldier in the British Army or the American Army or any army in the world. And every day you stand to attention when the head of state passes you in his or her car. And they see you, you see them. They know of you, but they don't know you personally. And then one day, somebody says to you, we'd like to meet uh, the president or the king or the queen. And you say, yes, absolutely. And of course, you've gone from knowing of them to knowing them personally. A handshake, names are being exchanged. Of course, you know that person personally. And shall declare thy mighty acts. That's what street preachers do. We get up on our platforms uh, sometimes ladders or what have you or park benches we start to preach about god almighty we declare his mighty acts uh, verse 5 i will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of all thy wondrous works verse 1 i'll extol thee verse 2 i will bless thee 
Verse 3, God is great. Uh, verse 4, one generation shall praise the name of thy works to another. Uh, verse 5, I will speak of the glorious honour of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. You've got a picture of David as a priest, a prophet and a king. A father, a son, a husband, a head of state. Finding time to govern Israel and also finding time to worship, praise almighty God. What is your excuse for not doing the same? Look at verse 6. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts we say uh, he's terribly good at this he's terribly good at that slightly archaic but the americans say awesome or ace or swell <laughs> if you're really an older american but the term terrible means terribly good it can also mean terrible like or uh, like uh, horrendous mm -hmm. but in the context terrible acts thy terrible acts in reference to just uh, unsearchable just awesome as the Americans say. And I will declare thy greatness. What does this look like? Go to the book of Revelation. Chapter 19. And in Revelation 19. Look at verse uh, 11. And I saw heaven opened. And behold a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness. He doth judge and make war. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. At the second advent and this is despised by uh, the quakers the pacifists and probably about 90 percent of christendom his eyes were as a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the word of god and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen white and clean and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of almighty god that's a picture of christ coming back to clean up this fallen world i'll give you a few more 16 and he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written king of kings uppercase and lord of lords and i saw an angel standing in the sun who of course doesn't burn up as god wouldn't burn up in the bush and he cried with a loud voice also picturing lost people never burning up in hell saying to the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven as your birds come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great god that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses like for today tanks and of them that sit on them and the flesh of all men both free and bond both small and great one final one 19 and i saw the beast there's your antichrist causing havoc and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army and of course the rest is just a wipeout. Go back to Psalm 145 and uh, 6 again. And men shall speak of thy mighty, excuse me, and men shall speak of the might, the might of thy terrible acts, incredible acts, awesome acts. And I will declare thy greatness. God is great. Verse 3, thy greatness. Verse 7. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness so again the book of psalms uh, were penned to be sung not necessarily spoken to be devotional 
reference to go to, not to be doctrinally applied to the body of Christ for today. And I've had to tread very carefully over the last four years not to backload the gospel, which you find many people doing, sometimes not intentionally, but it still comes out that way. And of course, some of these verses, as I will explain shortly, are very much pre the cross, and I'll show that in more detail shortly. Uh, they shall utter, uh, they shall, uh, they shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness, verse seven, and shall sing of thy righteousness. Of course, Christ is our righteousness for today, Romans chapter ten, verses one to four. Look at verse eight. The Lord is gracious, number one, and full of compassion, number two, slow to anger, number three, and of great mercy. Four attributes to God Almighty, without which we would be sunk. Go to Exodus chapter 34. Do you ever think about what would happen or what would have happened if God hadn't been good? If he'd created man on the face of the earth and just stood back and never got involved? Just enjoyed man's suffering for thousands of years like the Roman emperors did in the Colosseum? Or if Satan was God, as the, uh, the Freemasons believe, and never got involved with society, never answered your prayers, didn't intervene during times of just despair, just looked back at you or just looked at you and just laughed at you what an awful world that would be but thankfully he's not like that at all uh, Exodus 34 and uh, let's pick it up in uh, verse 5 and the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord this is God speaking about himself so listen up verse 6 and the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord the Lord God merciful and gracious long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth keeping mercy for thousands forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin and that will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation so if you're not a believer ask yourself this or I'll ask it for you how in the world will you be saved and get past the judgments of God Almighty he won't overlook your sin even if you think he will go to the book of uh, Jonah and Jonah was a real character and all of your Calvinists struggle at times to deal with the book of Jonah because of course here is a picture of a man resisting God's will and you were told that his will was irresistible Jonah chapter 4 and uh, uh, Jonah chapter 4 and look at verse uh, let's see now so that's 4 or 2 uh, make it verse yeah Jonah chapter 4 and uh, let's pick it up in verse 1 it's all good but it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he was very angry he's just seen the heathen repent which for him was a real kick in the teeth and he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art gracious, that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. And repentest thee, change your mind of the evil. Go back to the book of Psalms. So Jonah is down in the dumps, like we say, and he's angry that they've just repented. And he said, no, you are, Lord. I know what you are. I know that if they repent, you will uh, spare the rod. You won't uh, destroy them. He knew the Lord very well, as did Moses. 
as did the author of the book of Psalms, and so should you and I. Psalm 145, look at verse uh, 9. The Lord is good to all. This feeds into uh, common grace. And his tender mercies are over all his works. Go to Matthew chapter 5. Now, in Matthew chapter 5, you've got the Sermon on the Mount, which all of your liberals run to, and they take certain verses, which they run with, like uh, the peacemakers and the, uh, the pure in heart, which of course they are not. And they don't want to quote other passages about adultery or murder or this or that, because of course it doesn't uh, suit their narrative. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, I think it's verse 44. Uh, let's see now. 4, yeah, go to, yeah, verse 40, uh, make it verse 43. You've heard that it have been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbour and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. Watch it. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. That's common grace, which will not save anybody, but it demonstrates that God loves the entire world, not just the elect, which is another uh, perversion of Calvinism. And uh, you have to believe on him to be saved, of course. 145 uh, verse uh, 10 all thy works shall praise thee it's interesting so you got the creation pointing back to the creator you've got christ given to the world and the world receiving christ uh, as a gift back to the lord the lord gives us christ we receive christ which of course honors the father you think of a marriage uh woman a guy meets a woman they get engaged to get married and uh, in the old days, the father of the bride would give the bride away as a gift to the, uh, the groom, of course. And that goes back to God giving us Christ, which is a gift to the world, but specifically, uh, specifically to the church, those of us which appropriate the atonement. And of course, we are a gift to Christ. You understand? He doesn't need us, but we need him. So here you've got uh, verse 10, all thy works shall praise thee. So the creation points back to the creator. The sun comes up, it goes down. The moon appears, it disappears. Uh, the four seasons, these sorts of things, all point back to the Creator. And they praise Him, and He gets glory through uh, how they operate, especially the four seasons, which are really difficult to comprehend. I mean, four seasons, which in Israel, it's not quite the same over there. I think they have three seasons. But nevertheless, uh, just two seasons. It's still better than no season at all. Uh, semicolon and thy saints shall bless thee going back to uh, verse 2 Aaron is called a saint of the Lord in the book of Psalms and yet if you were to read about him back in Exodus guilty of idolatry and uh, trying to cover up the sin of himself and partly of the people and of course that was a sin unto death uh, but he was uh, I guess forgiven that particular sin and here later on he's called a saint well not here but he's called a saint elsewhere so saints are those that are holy those that are righteous and the new testament declared to be innocent not just uh not guilty but innocent which sometimes gets overlooked by those that preach imputation and it should be just reinforced every so often look at verse 11 they shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom 
This book is about a king and a kingdom and talk of thy power. There's power in the new birth. Go to Matthew 28. Power to become the sons of God. When you got born again, it was a supernatural event. It was powerful. And uh, the early days of your new walk with Christ were just unsearchable. Basically, you couldn't really fathom it. And uh, sometimes that honeymoon period will last for months, years. Sometimes it may evaporate pretty quick. Depends how much time you spend in the Word of God, of course. Uh, but uh, you went from knowing of him to knowing him personally. I heard an analogy some years ago. It was a good one. It said this. It said, uh, you're driving from one state to another. If you live in the US, big country, America, of course. I've been there once, huge country. And you're, you're driving at night and you cross the state lines. But you don't know necessarily when you pass the state lines. Especially if you've been sleeping in the car as a passenger. But you have passed. That goes back to the day you got saved. Some of you can remember the day you got saved. I can't. Not the actual day. Remember the year, 2002, but not the actual day. But I know I got saved, but I couldn't give the day, the time, or the hour. Because when I got saved, there was nobody praying alongside me. And that's why a lot of your uh, preachers can give you the date and the time. Because somebody prayed alongside them. They went through the church system. I didn't go through the church system. I got saved on my own in an apartment in South London, 2002. But I got saved, as would you, when you when, uh, whenever you got saved. And, and Patrick, too, of course, before me, sitting in his car. So yeah. the point is, you cross the state lines, if you will. In the UK, you went from uh, one town to another town, but you did pass. You, you, know, you, you went from A to B, and you got saved. That's the whole point. Matthew 28, the Great Commission, of course. And uh, let's pick it up in verse uh, 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power... It's given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, which you don't find in Acts chapter 2, incidentally. Acts chapter 2, just for the record, is not a Trinitarian baptism. Acts chapter 2 is a Jewish baptism. There's no Gentiles present. Teaching them to observe all things. Whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And of course, verse 19 makes it very clear to the nations, Gentiles. Back to the book of Psalms, please. Psalm 145 and uh, look at uh, verse 12. To make known to the sons of men. Okay, sons of men. Jump over to 146, verse 3, just very briefly. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the son of man, in whom there is no help. Come back to that shortly. Back to Psalm 145, verse uh, 12. To make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Go to uh, First Chronicles. And that's why people fight and argue. They fight and argue over the land. Not just uh, the land of Israel, but over every country's land. Sovereignty. And... Uh, I was told a while ago, or many years ago, in fact, that uh, Australia actually have a claim over New Zealand. Uh, and if they wanted to, they could take New Zealand back, apparently. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And of course, they would fight tooth and nail to stop that happening. But there's, there's, there's laws or there's clauses in the, in the uh, Australian Parliament which would allow them to take uh, New Zealand back. It goes back to, I think, Menorca and also Mallorca, which I was told many years ago. Our late Spanish brother, another territorial dispute. First uh, Chronicles twenty-eight. First Chronicles twenty-eight. 
and uh, look at verse. Uh, let's see now. First uh, Chronicles twenty-eight, verse uh, five. And of all my sons, for the Lord hath given me many sons. He hath chosen Solomon, my son, to sit upon a throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. Absolutely so. And of course, he dies under the age of uh, sixty, because of course the sin that. Uh, Sin, the, the soul that sins shall die and of course the wages of sin is death which we get to also shortly to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom back to the book of Daniel this time chapter 4 and uh, look at verse 2 how great are his signs and, his mighty, uh, and how mighty are his wonders we say signs and wonders real signs and wonders not the uh, counterfeit ones his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. Okay, about Psalm 145. Look at verse uh, 13. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. Almost verbatim. First uh, Chronicles 29 for this one. First Chronicles 29. And uh, look at uh, look at verse eleven. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted. As head above all. Daniel chapter 7. And uh, look at. Uh, 27. And the kingdom and dominion. And the greatness of the kingdom. Under the whole heaven. Shall be given to the people of the saints. Of the most high. Whose kingdom. Is an everlasting kingdom. And all his dominion. Shall serve and obey him. The best is yet to come if you are premillennial. Back to the book of Psalms, please. David was a Zionist, uh, which of course all Bible believers know to be uh, to be biblical. There's no doubt in their minds, but unfortunately, in recent years, that's become a dirty word. People are fighting on the streets over that very definite or the very term a Zionist. Mm. It just means that there's a king or there's a, there's a there's a king or there's a monarch ruling in Jerusalem. Uh, which of course will happen during the thousand year reign of the Lord Jesus Christ 145 verse uh, 14 the Lord upholdeth all that fall what would David say about Saul how the mighty fall this can be also in reference to falling in general I don't mean like tripping on a stone or paved stone but falling uh, like into sin or falling away temporarily but ultimately it's in reference to death the Lord upholdeth all that fall and raises up all those that be bowed down. Many accounts of people bowing down. Uh, there's one account of a woman in the Gospels who was bent down. She couldn't stand up. Spent all her money on the physicians and was no better. Go to uh, Isaiah 26. And one day she met the Lord Jesus Christ. And he straightened, he straightened her out straight away. For no fee of course. In the US medicine is a big business. I'm not sure about Australia or Canada. But uh, it's big business in America. And even if you if, if you've... If, uh, if you haven't got medical insurance, uh, you're in a bad way in the US. 
and even with medical insurance I think there's certain things that don't always get covered as uh, thoroughly as you would hope I want Isaiah 20 uh, 26 verse uh, 19 thy dead men shall live resurrection together with my dead body shall they arise awake and sing ye that dwell in the dust you come from the dust you return to the dust for thy dew as a dew of herbs and the earth shall cast out the dead okay back to Psalm 145 let's keep building on this 145 verse uh, 15 the eyes of all that wait excuse me the eyes of all waits upon thee and thou givest them their meat in due season back to uh, common grace in verse uh, 9 the eyes of all waits upon thee well not the unrighteous but certainly the righteous do and thou givest them their meat in due season Isaiah chapter 40 for this one Isaiah chapter 40 and uh, look at verse 30 uh, 31 but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint go to 1st Thessalonians chapter 1 just to show once again these passages match nicely with the New Testament because of course the Holy Ghost wrote both books and just for the record he's able to correct change alter both books I watched uh, Tavia Singer recently attacked the Bible again I put a video up some weeks ago uh, going after that wicked rabbi and uh, we didn't realize that the word of God was written by the Holy Ghost and as the author of the book he can change it as he wants the just shall live by faith Habakkuk says by his faith and Paul takes that his out and says the just shall live by faith and that upsets uh, Rabbi Singer of course he's not, a, he's not a rabbi only Christ is our rabbi and he doesn't understand that the Holy Ghost can change add subtract uh, words from both testaments because of course he wrote the book he is the author I'm sure you understand that the eyes of all that waits upon thee excuse me the eyes of all wait upon thee and thou givest them their meat in due season 1 Thessalonians 1 and uh, look at verse 10 and to wait for his son from heaven rapture whom he raised from the dead even Jesus which delivered us from the wrath to come every chapter in this book ends with Jesus did you realize that look at uh, to uh, 219 are you not even in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming uh, for, you are glory and, uh, for you are our glory and joy and also for memory chapter 313 uh, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ all his saints and at the end of chapter 4 especially verse uh, 17 caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air uh, 18 comfort one another with these words and uh, of course 528 the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you amen back to the book of Psalms please look at verse 16 from Psalm 145 that openest thine hand and satisfiest the desire of every living thing man and mammal he takes care of both without exception that openest thine hand they say eat, eat, uh, eat out of my hand uh, and satisfies the desire of every living thing the Lord is righteous 17 in all his ways and holy in all his works go to the book of Genesis chapter uh, 18 
and uh, look at verse 20, uh, 25. Uh, that be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked. That be far from thee, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? You better believe it. You've got two groups of people there for today the saved and the unsaved back to psalm 145 verse uh, 18 the lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him he's near to those that call upon him to all that call upon him in truth okay genesis chapter 5 this time there's been a debate in recent years about the term calling on the name of the lord to be saved and uh it won't be it won't be agreed upon this side of heaven and you wouldn't have thought, of course, it would, cause, it would cause such a commotion, but it does, and it continues to do so, because you have different groups within the body of Christ that think you have to do certain things uh, in order to be saved, which, of course, is completely wrong. Uh, Genesis chapter 4, let's pick it up in 25. And Adam knew his wife again, intimacy. And she bare a son, and called his name Seth, for God said she hath, hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel whom Cain sleweth and to Seth to him also there was born a son and he called his name Enos watch it then began men to call upon the name of the Lord of course you know perfectly well there were no atheists before this time Adam was the first man and he would have taught his sons and his daughters about almighty God the garden of Eden Eve of course the serpent coming to the garden to destroy uh, our first parents but the reality is the age of innocence is now wearing off and you're going into chapter 5 leading up to the great flood in uh, 6, 7 and 8 so on and so forth and now it's down to men to start praying not just praying but calling on the name of the Lord like uh, hear me, help me, heal me like uh, we need food, we need water we need protection I need you to help me to save my biological family and to grow my spiritual family we need you to help us to overcome it could be doubt depression temptation anxiety loneliness uh distress whatever it might be that's that's why you call on the name of the lord you're already saved you believed on him okay but you want to grow you start calling on his name jehovah help me here jehovah help me there that's what it means to call on his name back to psalm 145 18 again the lord is nigh the, uh, the lord is near unto all them that call upon him amen 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 to all that call upon him in truth in spirit and in truth uh, john five twenty four. he will fulfill the desire of them that fear him he also will hear their cry and will save them and of course the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom and we spent many a time discussing uh the expression of fear what it means what it does not mean and sometimes people don't like the idea of that term fear because it's negative but fear isn't always bad but so if you're not careful it can cripple you but at the same time it can keep you alive ecclesiastes uh, 7 verse uh, uh, let's see now ecclesiastes uh, 7 verse 18 it is good that thou shouldest take hold of this yea also from this withdraw not thine hand for he that feareth God shall come forth of them all he'll come out on top 
Uh, back to Psalm 145, verse uh, 20. The Lord preserveth all them that love him. Preservation. Uh, the Calvinists say uh, perseverance of the saints. They say uh, if you're saved, if you are one of the elect, you will persevere until the death. And if you don't, you're never one of the elect to start with. The uh, Arminians will say if you don't persevere, you're never saved to start with. Both views are incorrect. The Lord preserveth all them that all them that love him quick analogy you uh, get a jar and I've got one on my table and you open the lid and you put something into it and you close the lid it's not, it's, it can't come out it can never come out because of course I've closed it I've locked it in mm. uh, Noah goes in the boat the Lord shuts him in he couldn't get out impossible uh, you think of any analogy like that like a submarine perhaps uh, you can't get in from the outside only from the inside they screw it shut from the inside or you think of the american uh what's that thing they call the beast that carries the president the president around it can't be opened from the inside only from the outside yeah. only the secret service can open it from the outside i mean the door is like it's like it's like a tank really <laughs> so you're yeah the beast yeah. you are sealed uh in the body of christ you can't get out and that's just that's just as you, that's just as you wanted of course 145 uh 20 again the lord preserveth all them all not just some all them that fear him but all the wicked will he destroy okay second thessalonians chapter 2 and also god will god will perform a uh, god will uh, perform and also finish a good work which he has begun on second uh, thessalonians chapter let's see now second thessalonians chapter Two verse uh, two verse uh, eight. No, one one here. Uh, let's see now. Second Thessalonians two verse uh, pick it up in verse uh, verse verse eight and then should that wicked be revealed Antichrist of course whom the Lord shall consume in the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders there's your signs and wonders which of course are counterfeit not the real deal go back to the book of uh, psalms 145 please so much in 45 look at verse uh, 21 my mouth shall speak of the praise of the lord the praise of the lord and that all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever bless his name repeated from uh, verse 2 my mouth uh, we say inspiration my mouth shall pray uh, shall speak of the praise of the lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever acts chapter 2 please let's see what this looks like in acts chapter uh, 2 acts chapter 2 and uh, let's give it a cross reference for this 
Acts chapter 2, which of course mirrors Joel chapter 2. And Acts 2, look at verse uh, 16. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Joel, they say Joel. They emphasize, they mean they being the Jews, they emphasize E-L, Elohim. We say Daniel, they say Daniel. Or Daniel, to pronounce the I-L. We say Joel, Daniel, but they say Joel, Joel. Uh, but this that but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day. And come to pass in the last day. And come to pass in the last day. The last day, saith God, I pour out so my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servants, and on my handmaidens I pour out of those uh, pour out in those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy. There's a colon which gets overlooked. And I will show wonders in heaven above. This is a future text. And signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapour of smoke. That of course will take place at the second advent. About Psalm 145 please. Verse 21. My mouth shall speak of the praise of the Lord. And let all flesh. Okay all flesh. Bless his name forever and ever. And all flesh gets a blessing. And Acts 2, uh, 17. I'll pour out some my spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters shall prophesy, and they did. Young men uh, shall see visions, and they did. Uh, old men shall dream dreams, and they did. Break, 2,000 years. Uh, from verse 18 going to 19. And 18 again. And all my servants, and all my handmaidens, I'll pour out in those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy throughout the entire book of Psalms, of course. And like I say, nineteen twenty going to twenty one is a future application for the great tribulation. Let's continue. One hundred forty six, verse one. Praise you, the Lord. Alleluia. They say. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. While I'm still living and breathing, heart is beating. I'm going to worship Him. Put up your trust in princes nor in the son of man in whom there is no help okay go to first uh, corinthians first of all and then go to daniel chapter mm, let's see now i want i want first corinthians and i want daniel i think it's daniel 8 let's do first corinthians first of all uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 2 here we go 1 Corinthians 2 and uh, look at verse uh, verse uh, 6 Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect not sinless but like perfect and upright uh, righteous of course yet not the wisdom of this world nor of the princes of this world that come to naught zero nothing uh, look at verse 8 which none of the princes of this world knew for had they known it they would not have crucified the lord of glory go to daniel chapter 8 so the princes uh, of course is a royal book about kings and princes and princesses where the word of a king is there is power and in daniel uh, 8 look at verse uh, uh, let's see now verse 17 she came near where i stood and when he came i was afraid and fell upon my face, but he said unto me, Understand, O son of man, for at the time of the end shall be the vision. Okay, back to Psalm 146, verse 3. 
Let's read this as a rabbi would read it. Put not your trust in princes uh, for the day, pastors, uh, Christians in general, nor in the Son of Man, will say Jesus Christ, in whom there is no help. That's how they teach it. And that's what they do say, uh, as a matter of fact. But of course, if you would apply that logically and historically, you'd knock out the entire book of Ezekiel, because he's called the Son of Man around a hundred times, and Daniel just gave it to you. It's called the Son of Man once. You knock out Daniel and you knock out Ezekiel. Of course, Daniel gives you the second coming. Ezekiel gives you the third temple, which is what the Jews want, right? They all want the third temple, don't they? Of course they do. All the rabbis in Israel want it, and uh, all of you unbelieving Jews want it. So they can't take that verse literally, because they do. They knock out Daniel and also Ezekiel. But of course, from our point, uh, from our point of view, we do trust the Son of Man. But what's the context? Verse 1, praise the Lord. Verse 2, sing praises unto my God. Uh, verse... Uh, Four, let's keep building on this. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth. In that very day, his days, in that very day, his thoughts perish. His, in reference to man, verse 3. That's the term, and who is the man? It's man in general. Okay, go to Psalm 115. Psalm 115. And uh, look at verse 16. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth hath he given to the children of men. Mankind. So don't trust man to save your soul. He can't save your soul. He can't give you food and water. Only God can give you that. He can give you some protection. If you've got the money to pay him of course. But apart from that he can't give you anything. That's the whole context. Don't trust princes to save you. Or the son of man. The descendants of Adam. Such cannot save you. Uh, look at 146 verse uh, 5. Happy. Blessed. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help. Uh -huh. Whose hope is in the Lord his God. That's the real meaning of the text. Which made heaven and earth unlike mankind. The sea and all that therein is. Which keepeth truth forever. Which executeth judgment for the oppressed. Which giveth food to the hungry. There's your common grace again. The Lord looseneth the prisoners. Let's just stop it there and go to Hebrews chapter 2. This particular psalm is on a roll. I want Hebrews 2. And I want Ephesians 1, 2, 3. I want Ephesians 4 and Hebrews 2. Let's do Hebrews 2 first. Uh, Hebrews chapter 2. And uh, let's pick it up in verse uh, 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. That of course is his incarnation. That through death he might destroy him that hath the power of death that is the devil and deliver them who through fear of death when all their lifetime subject to bondage people still fear death uh, it's not natural to die of course if you stay in the word of God and have a good prayer life that will evaporate uh, Ephesians 4 this time and uh, get these verses all together I think it's Ephesians 4 let's have a look Ephesians chapter and uh, look at verse uh, pick it up in verse 8 wherefore he saith when he ascended up on high there's the ascension he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men now that he ascended what is it but that also he descended first into the lower parts of the earth okay back to Psalm 146 
and uh, let's pick it up again in verse 5 happy is he that hath the god of jacob for his help contrast that to princes men in general verse 3 which of course will not do that also knocks out muhammad if you are a muslim they've deitized him you can't even paint him because in their mind he's almost on par with deity that knocks out mary uh, you're told to pray the hell mary uh, which of course won't save anybody there's no hope in her either whose hope is the lord his god not the pope of rome which made heaven and earth the sea and all that therein is there's no theistic evolution either that's held by a lot of old earth people they call it theistic evolution what a term theistic evolution it's a hoax of course seven again which executes judgments uh, enforces it for the oppressed uh, spiritually oppressed uh, which giveth food to the hungry the lord looseneth the prisoners okay that term prisoners is very clearly found back in ephesians 4 and uh, again in verse 8 when he ascended up on high when he christ ascended up on high he not mary not the pope he led captivity captive there's all of your dead waiting for him to go and get them and gave gifts unto men uh, like prophets verse 11 evangelists verse 11 pastors and teachers verse 11 so on and so forth they were in prison they were being held abraham's bosom luke uh 16 19 down to 31 read it sometime you get the, if you get the time and you see what it looked like you had two parts of hell east hell west hell as the late walter martin once said and it's a good analogy and christ goes in and busts it wide open as somebody once said he gets the righteous takes him back to glory of course the unrighteous still in hell today burning 146 verse uh eight the lord openeth the eyes of the blind the lord raiseth them up uh, excuse me the lord raiseth them that are bound that are bowed down the lord loveth the righteous again the lord openeth the eyes of the blind that was the problem of the pharisees they were blind they were dumb they were deaf foretold back in ezekiel and also uh, isaiah the lord raiseth them that are bowed down going back to uh, 145 verse 6 those that are bowed down uh, how the mighty fall in verse 14 bowed down the lord loveth the righteous okay go to mark chapter 8 let's see how this thing looks in mark chapter uh, i think it's mark 8 i mean i first read this many years ago i didn't quite get it the first time and i read it the second time and the third time before i went through mark verse by verse i thought yeah it makes sense why this is laid out in such a way uh mark 8 mark 8 and uh let's see now look at verse uh uh, verse uh, 14 now the disciples had forgotten to take bread neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf and he charged them saying take heed beware of the leaven of the pharisees and of the leaven of herod and the reason among themselves saying because uh, saying it is because we have no bread completely clueless as to what's going on here but their children they're growing in grace like we all were when we first got saved and when Jesus knew it, 17, he saith unto them, Why reason ye because ye have no bread? Perceive ye not yet, neither understand. Have ye your heart yet hardened? Having eyes, 18, see ye not, and having ears, hear ye not, and do ye not remember? That's quite a rebuke, but it had to be said. Uh, jump down to verse 22. And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him. And besought him to touch him. Now note this. Blind man 22. 
going back to uh, 18. Uh, can't you see? Can't you hear? Uh, 18. Having eyes, see you not. Having ears, hear you not. Now follow along with me. 23. And he took the blind man by the hand, led him out of the town. And when he, and when he, had, and when he had spit on his eyes, and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. What can you see? And he looked up and said, I see men, I see men as trees walking. We discussed this a few weeks ago. 25. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. What he's done here is he's done a twofold miracle to underscore the unbelief of the apostles in the previous passages. He found a man who's blind and he's deliberately allowed him to, or he's delayed his healing to underscore the reality that his apostles were still uh, suffering with unbelief. And they were still carnal in their thinking. Okay, back to 146. And look at verse... Uh, Nine. The Lord preserveth the strangers. That term again, preserveth, uh, in reference to preservation. We are safe in Him. He started. He started the good work. He will finish the good work. Preserveth. But the term strangers is in reference to Gentiles, believing Gentiles. There's a handful in the New Testament, uh, pre the cross and the Gospels, of course. The Lord preserveth the strangers. He preserves you. You don't preserve yourself. You don't keep yourself saved. Going back to 145 verse uh, 20 and 146 verse 9. The Lord preserveth the strangers. He relieveth the fatherless and widow. He takes care of the fatherless and the widow as should you. But the way of the wicked he turneth upside down. What do they say? I feel upside down. My whole world has been turned upside down. <coughs> and many times that's what does happen. Your world gets turned upside down. And many times it's because of your sin. I look at verse 10. The Lord shall reign forever. Even thy God, O Zion, unto all generations. Praise ye the Lord. Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9 for this one. And uh, this also gets attacked by unbelieving rabbis to knock out the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. They say also the text from Isaiah 7 about the, the virgin uh, giving birth to the Lord Jesus Christ. They say that word virgin means a young woman. I thought to myself, what sort of a sign would that be? A young woman gets pregnant. So what? There's no sign in that. But of course, a woman who never had intercourse gets pregnant. That's a big deal. That, of course, is a virgin birth. Uh, Isaiah 9, look at verse uh, 6. For unto us a child is born. This is a great Christmas passage, of course. Unto us a son is given. And the government, going back to the kingdom, should be upon his shoulder. What do they say? I'm carrying the weights of the world on my shoulders. Upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Just five uh, names of, uh, about his character and who he is and what he is. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgments and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts hath uh, will, excuse me, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this increase of his government there should be no end no end and upon the kingdom to, uh, to, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever this is the thousand year reign going to the eternal state with no end okay back to the book of Psalms please Psalm 140 uh, 
147, let's keep going on. 147 verse 1. Praise you the Lord. I'll throw back to 146 verse 1. Praise you the Lord. For it is good to sing praises unto our God. For it is pleasant. That term pleasant has slightly lost its meaning. We say it's a pleasant day today. We say the meal was pleasant. But the original meaning was a lot stronger. And praise is comely, like suitable, appropriate. The Lord doth build up Jerusalem like a nation being rebuilt. He gathereth together the outcasts of Israel. You got that in the New Testament. You got most of those that came to be healed were mostly poor people, uh, isolated people, lepers, uh, whores, tax collectors, all those types of people despised by the Pharisees, the uh, the Sadducees, the Herodians society in general he gathered together the outcasts of israel of course christ was crucified outside of the camp he healeth the broken in heart they say uh, my heart is broken she broke my heart or he broke her heart and bindeth up their wounds okay go to the book of luke for this one i want luke 4 and i want luke 10 luke 4 and uh luke 10 Luke chapter 4, look at verse uh, 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set liberty, them that are bruised. Okay, go to uh, chapter 10 of the same, of the same gospel. And... Uh, a future study will be to go through this particular passage from Luke 10 but in a very different unorthodox way but when I preach it and teach I think you'll agree with my outcome uh, Luke 10 30 33 but a certain Samaritan of course in the context hated by the Jews uh, as was Jesus John 1 says he came to his own and his own received him not but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him, and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. That's a picture of Christ, of course, uh, taking care of this man who's been left for dead, and priests passed by, Levites passed by. Of course, it's a great story that kids are taught at school, and rightly so, to basically love your neighbor as yourself back to 147 uh look at verse 4 he telleth the number of the stars he can tell them but the term telleth means he counts them uh, he counts the number of the stars he called them all by their names now many years ago when i first got saved i wrote to an astrologer called patrick moore who's now long dead one of britain's most famous astrologers and he was a real character <laughs> and i said to him uh uh, I said to him, uh, the best thing you can do, uh, Mr. Moore, is uh, don't count the stars. Uh, talk to the Saviour, something along those lines. I got a response from him. And it's very, <laughs> it's quite a, a nice response. Uh, very eccentric character, but he knew his stars. He was an expert with astrology. And uh, when I read this text again this morning, I remembered that uh, letter, which I got somewhere uh, here. And it's a little, tiny little postcard saying, thank you, uh, Mr. Patel. Uh, for your letter to me I wrote to him through the Times newspaper I think and I know there's about a lot of letters to people I was always writing letters but that was obviously pre-YouTube and social media 
but I always remember that text. Always remember, whenever I read this text, I always think of uh, Patrick Moore. He telleth the number of the stars, he being the Lord, verse 1, verse 2. He counts the number of the stars, and, or, he calls them all by their names. That's quite a thing to say. I mean, how many stars are there? Could you count them? Well, of course not. Not only can he count them, he knows their names. It goes back to 145, verse 3. His greatness is unsearchable. You can't work out the Lord. Don't even bother trying to do so. Verse 5. Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. It's impossible to measure. That's why it's so great to study the character of God Almighty. The Lord lifted up the meek, the humble. Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth. He casteth the wicked down to the ground. Going back to uh, 145 verse 14. All those that be bowed down cast down to the ground uh, now Saul of course is a, uh, is a controversial character I've always believed he was saved but uh, talk about getting in by the skin of your teeth messing around with witches and uh, <clears throat> devil possessed most of his life but here 147 verse 6 the Lord lifted up the meek uh, in reference to also to the oppressed 146 verse 7 he carted the wicked down to the ground now Adam the name Adam means red which of course is blood and it means ground Adam comes from the ground you go back to the ground when you die even if you are cremated you still go back to the ground 7 sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving sing praise upon the harp unto our God David again the harp that was a very specific instrument very rare to find a good harpist like I've said many times over the last few weeks and months who covereth the heaven singular with clouds that's for us of course not needed in the second or the third heaven who prepareth rain who prepareth rain for the earth uh, who maketh grass to grow upon the mountains you've got wild beasts you've got wild uh, donkeys and goats and all sorts of strange animals on high points around the world and they survive you've got these Siberian bear uh, in parts of the Arctic and the uh, the Amazon they all survive he gave it to the beast his food there's your land animal and to young ravens there's your uh, birds of the air which cry and also know how to fly they fly straight away and they know where to fly to now how do you explain that if you're not a creationist <clears throat> how do the birds know where to fly and how to get back but they do mm. they do 10 he delighteth not in the strength of the horse again like today a tank or an aircraft carrier the horse was a powerful animal in biblical times it could carry the ark of the covenant uh, or it could carry uh, weaponry later on of course the horse but of course Christ doesn't use a horse until the second advent he would use, he, he would use a donkey during the first advent he taketh not pleasure in the legs of a man bodily exercise profits little going back to 246 verse 3 don't put your trust in princes nor in the son of man you understand how these, how these verses all fit together so your average rabbi doesn't know the bible he doesn't understand how to explain it verse by verse. He reads it, but didn't get it in context. It's like your Catholics. They go to John 6. They take it out of context. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. But you are told later on that the words are spirit. It's the, it's the flesh profits nothing. The, the words are spirit and they are life. That's why so many people get into so many heretical problems. They don't believe the Bible. They can't, they can't explain it verse by verse. They don't go through the book verse by verse. And that's why they, they, they are lost themselves for the most part, these people as other audiences you've got to study the word of God it takes time it's not easy to get this book down and I'm just scratching the surface this morning 
Uh, verse 11. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him. Back to that again. And those that hope in his mercy. This is pre the cross. Now for us, we haven't got to hope for anything. Go to Colossians chapter 1. When people run to the Lord's Prayer to get saved or to be forgiven, they've missed a point that you've already been forgiven. <laughs> you've already been saved. I think it's Colossians 1. Uh, let's get the verse number just to show you that there is a major difference between the Old and New Testaments. And the truth is we are all dispensationalists, whether you like it or not. You've got an Old Testament, break a New Testament. There's a gap. There's a dispensation, a period of time. Uh, Colossians 1. Uh, let's see the verse I want now. Uh, Colossians 1, look at verse uh, 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, past tense, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have right now redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So the book of Psalms is obviously written before Christ, and of course the sins of the saints in the Old Testament were covered but not yet cleared that's also a big point which has to be reiterated time after time verse 11 again the Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him uh, like a child their parents or a child the teacher at school or an employee the employer or people in society uh, being fearful of those in authority like the police if you are in the US or anywhere in the world, your police carry weapons, don't they? You don't mess around with them, do you? Well, of course not. In those that hope in his mercy. We don't hope, we've already got it. So our, diff our salvation is obviously finished, whereas theirs was covered but not uh, cleared, like I've already said. 12. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem, specifically Jerusalem. Praise thy God, O Zion. Again, this is a Jewish book for Jewish people. And here's an old Gentile going through it many years later uh, with the entire Bible at my disposal. Uh, 13 for he hath strengthened the bars of thy gates going back to verse 2 he built, he's built up Jerusalem bars of thy gates he hath blessed thy children within thee they are safe in the city this is a picture of the thousand year reign Zion verse 12 city is uh, strengthened by bars in 13 uh, of course during biblical times there were literal gates and bars during a thousand year reign all the unclean are kept out of the kingdom uh, it says without there without there were sorcerers and whoremongers so on and so forth he hath blessed thy children within thee you could say one or two things in reference to women that are pregnant children inside of them but more specifically in reference to those that are safe in a city they are surrounded by uh, angry hostile gentile nations wanting to get them like they are right this moment he maketh peace in thy borders and fitteth thee with the finest of the wheat best of the best Isaiah 50 let's see now Isaiah 52 and this verse is also uh, mirrored in the book of Romans uh, let's do Isaiah 52 it'll be sufficient we've gone over time again but it's okay Isaiah 52 verse uh, 7 how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of them that uh, bringeth good tidings and publisheth peace what to say uh, he published this he published that publisheth peace proclaim peace and bringeth good tidings of good that publisheth salvation the gospel good news that saith unto zion not the church thy god reigneth back to the book of psalms 
verse 15, Psalm 147. He sendeth forth his commandments upon earth. His word runneth very swiftly. Now go to John chapter 6. Now in John 6, the context is Jesus in the Jewish synagogue. It's been to the Jews. There's no Gentiles present. There's no completed atonement. All under the law. All careful what they eat. Uh, how they dress. All circumcised. They are boys, men. Uh, older gentlemen, of course. That also gets overlooked by the Catholics. And John 6, look at uh, 63. It is a spirit, it is a spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto, they are spirits and they are life. There's life in the word of God. There's life in the blood. Life in the words of God. Go to uh, Isaiah 55, this one. That's why the word of God is banned in, I think, nine countries around the world. Yet the Quran isn't ba isn't banned in one country anywhere in the world. Isn't that interesting? I want uh, Isaiah 55 verse, verse 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. Paul cites this also in 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians, one of the two. But it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in a thing whereto I sent it. So give you one more. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians uh, chapter 3. And uh, look at verse uh, 8. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying in thee shall all, the, in thee shall all nations be blessed. The scripture foreseeing. Not God, the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen. Christ is the word of God, is he not? Yes, he is. The scripture is like a person here. It's alive. And the scripture, comma, foreseeing, not God. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith. Not, uh, no works here. Preach for the gospel unto Abraham. Good news. Saying, in thee shall all nations be blessed. This book is alive. 147 verse uh, 16. He gave a snow like wool. He scattered the hoar frost like ashes. He casteth forth he casteth forth his ice like morsels. Who can stand before his cold? It goes back to the four seasons, which in Israel they have. I think it's two or three, not quite four. But uh, the reality is that um, if you have four seasons and they have at least two or three in Israel, it's always a blessing when summer comes around or spring comes around but just take the time to think about the four seasons how beautiful it is mm. hot cold hot cold hot cold uh warm then hot cold then it's you know autumn gets a bit cooler and the the uh, color of the tree the color of the trees uh change snow starts to fall and of course it's now fall beautiful verse 18 he sent it out his word and melted them we say uh he melted my heart she melted my heart he causeth his he causeth his wind to blow. Uh, the wind blows what lists and doesn't. Uh, the wind blows what listeth and now canst not tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. And the waters flow. Okay, Jeremiah twenty three for this one. Next week will be the last study through the book of Psalms, and uh, let's give God thanks for that for getting through this four year study. It's been the longest study that I've done to date. And it's been a tremendous blessing. So we give God thanks for that. We bless him as well. Uh, I want Jeremiah 23 for this one. 23. Uh, 
23, uh, 29. Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh a rock in pieces? Again, this word will just turn your life upside down. And if you're not saved, it just cuts you in half. That's why you see so many street preachers being sold on the streets. They hate the word of God being preached to lost people. Or the lost people can't stand it. Uh, verse 19. He showeth his word unto Jacob. His statutes and his judgments unto Israel. Acts chapter 7. Now the Jews are uh, the source of the scripture. The oracles of God were given to the Jews. Salvation is of the Jews. And Acts chapter 7. Stephen is really going hammer and tongue at the Sanhedrin. The Jewish leaders that put Christ on the cross. Of course you know the rest. He dies a martyr's death. And Paul was there. He was uh, aiding and abetting this first uh, murder in scripture. Post the cross of course. John was murdered before the cross. Uh, Acts 7. Look at verse uh, 38. This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel. A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren. Like unto me. Him. Like unto me. Him. Shall you hear. This is he. That was in the church in the wilderness. With the angel. Who spake to him. Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai. Sinai. And with our fathers. Who received the lively oracles. Living oracles. The living word of God is alive. To give unto us. That's the power of the scripture. Back to Psalm 147 verse 19 again. He showeth his word unto Jacob. Which of course becomes Israel. His statutes and his judgments unto Israel. They carry the burden. They carry the commission. They carry the responsibility to get the gospel out. To the ends of the world. And here's a quick thought for you. If Jesus Christ had never been born. Think how the world would be right now. Islam would probably have come anyway. The Jews would be a tiny sect. Speaking a language which only one more sense of the world speak this country would be even more heathen than it already is you wouldn't have had a British society for 500 years 600 years if not more than that in fact going back to William the Conqueror in fact going back even further than him and you would have had no mercy no grace no hospitals would be built no orphanages would have been put up there'd be no uh, Muller George Muller in Bristol you'd have no uh, David Livingston uh, you'd have no uh, famous preachers. You'd have no seminaries. No, no Yale. No uh, Cambridge. No Oxford. No Harvard. These are all Christian schools. Oxford, Christian. Cambridge, Christian. Harvard, Yale, Christian. All Christian, not secular. No YMCA, Young Men's Christian Association. No place for homeless people to get their heads down, lay their heads down. What a dark world it would have been. But of course, God wouldn't have created the world without Jesus. And he was there in the beginning because, of course, he is God Almighty. And of course, the Jews were created for Jesus. And Jesus is given back to the Jews as a gift to them. So really, to be uh, technical about it, uh, you can't knock out Israel because, of course, Jesus came, Jesus came from Israel. But you see my point, don't you? We just play devil's advocate, as they say. This world is so dark. In fact, you have the Jews in one section of the world doing their own thing, the Hebrew and the Muslims doing their own thing. Yeah. There'd be nobody to balance it. There'd be no Christians to say, hang on, hang on a minute, what about the Lord Jesus Christ? What about uh, a blood atonement? Turn the other cheek, pick up your cross. There'd be just the Jews and the Muslims. The Hindus, yeah, the Sikhs perhaps, and a few other people, but there'd be no Christians. Such a dark word it would be. Verse 20. 
he hath not dealt so with any nation and as for his judgments they have not known them praise you the lord deuteronomy 7 and we'll close and uh, in deuteronomy chapter 7 i want uh verse let's have a look now Chapter 7, verse 7. The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any people, for you were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand, and redeemed you out of the house of bond, out of the house of bondmen, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, which is true. Of course, the rest is a long pitiful story of the jews falling and getting back up falling and getting back up falling and getting back up and a prophet sent to help them only to have the prophets put to death uh, treated very badly like uh, jeremiah a type of jesus of course and hosea told to uh, marry a whore a picture of uh, the jews uh, marrying uh, pagan deities right through to john the baptist's uh, death martyrdom the Lord Jesus Christ's death on the cross, Stephen, uh, killed, murdered by the Jews in the book of Acts, which we just looked at briefly, and of course the Apostle Paul present to see such a thing take place. But in spite of all that, they are beloved for the Father's sakes. The book of Romans told, <coughs> told you that. And one day all the believing Jews will come to faith in Jesus. And when they do, uh, there'll be a party like you couldn't possibly imagine. But in the meantime, it's our job to preach to Jew and Gentile, to make the Jews uh, jealous, and to... Uh, shame and shun and silence uh, the heathen the unbelievers